Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your host, sex therapist and author of Wanting Sex Again. I'm Lori Watson, and I'm here today with Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. This has been fun. And you can find us on foreplayrst.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Write us a note and let us know what you think of the show or topics that you would like us to discuss, and we will definitely get to them. Today, we're going to talk about post-affair, the sexual re-entry of the couple. We know that there's a lot of hurt and problems that go on with affairs, and we're really talking, I think, today about a stage of recovery after an affair where the couple is going to and has decided to embrace each other again, and they're being sexually intimate. And Laura, this is one of the things that I see just so often, obviously, an affair is really damaging to a relationship. And so trying to jump back in, there's a lot of hurdles that they seem to have to be overcome before sex is reengaged. But I've also seen couples that have jumped right back in to sex. Yes. Almost as a way to like prove that the relationship is better or possibly for other reasons. Um, but then other couples that seem to be on the opposite extreme where the injured party really resist getting back into a sexual relationship with their partner. Is that something that you've seen? Yes, I I think you're right. Sometimes couples have a part that they feel it almost ignites their sex life. Hmm. And they talk about that sex is so hot. Yeah, after after the the affair, affair, like the best sex of their life together that they've ever had. And I think some of it may be threat, but some of it may be that they thought, you know what, it, it's not fair that you've gone off and had all this wonderful sex and mm. I've been kind of stuck in our vanilla bedroom and I want that too. Or both of them feel a, a re-energizing about their own sex life. So sometimes I'm aware that couples become sexual before I would think they were ready for it. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, and I have to be aware of that and and talk with them about where they're at. In their sex life. And, yeah. But I see the other end as well, what you're talking about, Adam, that sometimes there's injury and they just don't feel like the injured party doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they can re-engage yeah. sexually. Because there seems to be a comparison with the third party, the other right. woman or the other man, and yeah. wondering about that person and a comparison of are they better looking? Are they what are, better what, in bed? Better in bed, yeah. Does, this, does the affair itself... Is it a judgment that says, I'm not good in bed? Yeah. Yeah, and I think many people talk about that. But 
I mean, first of all, I would suggest as they are processing the affair to avoid explicit details. I think Mm -hmm. that that can be injurious. It causes kind of a traumatic effect that there's a tape that will play in Mm -hmm. the trade partner's head of, now I see you in the backseat of your car doing X, Y, and Z. So I would say avoid those kinds of explicit details. That's really interesting because the couples that I've worked with who are trying to recover from an affair the injured party, they have a ton of those questions. They want to know. Some of them want to know more details than others, but almost everyone has questions, and those questions tend to not have a lot of good answers to them. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying avoid those questions. And avoid answering those questions. Just say, you know, I I don't think that's going to be helpful to us. Mm. And even though the, the partner maybe who wants to know about it, I think that some of their task, if they have decided to go forward in the marriage, is to kind of hold that anxiety aside and mm. say, you know, knowing those details will not be good for me. Okay. One, one woman I know hired a PI, and it was discovered that her partner was having an affair. And the PI said, do you want to see this? And she said, no, I, I really don't. I mm. never want to see it as long as there's hope that we're going to be together because I know me. I will play that over and over in my head, and I'll never be able to get it out of my head. And now that I know, it's confirmed, but I want to deal with our relationship, why it happened, and what happened. And I thought that was so smart and, you know, kind of so uh, mature. Yeah, You know, because there is this part that says, well, what was it like? And was it better? And the fears that somehow or another a person thinks will be assuaged by Mm. knowing the details. Yeah, and so are there better questions that you feel like they should be asking? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they need to be asking, why did you feel the need for this at this point in our marriage? Uh, Um, What did it mean to you? What did that person mean to you? What was missing for you between us? Hmm. Meaning questions, I think, are more fruitful than how many times did you do it? What did you do in bed? You know, were they prettier than I was? You know, was he bigger than I was? All of those kinds of things that don't provide a path forward. So it sounds like you're saying more about the emotional need rather than the sexual need. Questions That's right. about, the, and it may be the sexual need, like why sexually? Well, was or this sexual details, to you? not sexual, sexual details. details. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's interesting because that seems to be the exact, that doesn't seem to be immediately where people go because the affair seems to be all about sex. Right. And And I I don't think that affairs are always just about sex. I think mm -hmm. that they are complicated, that oftentimes it's between the couple. There is something that is missing. There is Mm -hmm. something that needs to be worked out. And sometimes it's inside the person who decided to act that way. There are pressures that come from everything from childhood to the midlife crises that, you know, is nearly a cliche, but some of those are very real and it has nothing to do with the failing of the partner. Mm. And so it's very hard to depersonalize something that is so intimate and personal yeah, as so an personal. injury, Yeah, but I think that that could help. So when they go back into the sexual relationship themselves, I think the challenge often for the person who did not have the affair is how do I not wonder about what my partner is thinking about. Are they Mm. thinking about the partner, their affair partner? So the injured party or partner is really asking the questions more about how to that emotional need, what emotional need is, and trying to depersonalize it. What about the person that had the affair, the partner that had the affair? How should they be approaching 
trying to come back into a intimate relationship and leaving one another one behind. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't necessarily want to hear this if our partner had an affair, but I think that there is grief mm-hmm. in having left something that was an idealized fantasy. Oh, that's hard to hear, Lori. I know, <laughs> it is. Hard to hear. It is. And that grief maybe needs to be processed with a therapist, is not as easily processed with your partner. Yeah. But the grief of the personality of that person, of perhaps the way sex was, mm. but also their own responsibility. Well, why did they let the sex life get to the point that it was so dull? Yeah. Um, I've often asked people, you know, have this fantasy that you had and played out in your affair, did you bring those ideas to your own bedroom? Were you open about what you wanted to do and about your own sexual and erotic inner life? And most of the time, the answer is no, I didn't. I I haven't done that for years. And I don't feel like doing it now. You know, it's Uh, scary for me to do this. Are you saying to bring what the sexual fulfillment that they were getting in the affair, trying Mm -hmm. to bring that into the partnered relationship? No, not necessarily that. In an affair, people let down their barriers about their own inner erotic life. Uh And they talk more about their life. So they do create in that sexual relationship more of what they want. Mm. And so in the marriage or in the committed coupleship, they've withheld that. Basically, often because of their own lack of growth and maturity and courage to bring forward into Uh, committed sex life, what they're thinking about. I think the fear of the partner who has been betrayed is, okay, is this something that you did with your partner, your affair partner? Are we just recreating that? And, you know, it's very tenuous, but sometimes I I don't think it's that they're recreating what happened in the the affair. It's that the person who's reengaging in the marriage is finally saying, okay, I need to grow up. I need to bring to you what I think about, what I want to do in bed, that's what I'm bringing to you, not something I learned in the affair. So they're being honest for yes. the, perhaps the first time right. in their relationship. And, and both people have to look at the sex life in re-engagement as an opportunity for new life, for new ideas, for creativity. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the other person, well, I've been shut down too. I've been getting what I want yeah. this whole uh, time. Yeah, fulfilled as well. Yeah. yeah. And I say, you know, okay, this is the time to bring that forward, to yeah. talk about what you've needed and what you've been missing yeah. so that together you create it. And that takes so much vulnerability at a time in their life when they feel the least like being vulnerable. Yeah, they don't want to be vulnerable at all. They want to be closed off. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges is that I feel what you're talking about requires a great deal of trust after something where trust has been so broken. To be able to re-engage and open yourself up to somebody else, to be that vulnerable, uh, both physically and emotionally, and to be that honest, requires a lot of trust on both parties. And I think that's one of the things that maybe the injured party doesn't often see is that it requires trust on the other one as well. Yeah. And I think that sometimes what I hear from the injured party is, again, that it's not fair. You had great sex over there, and now suddenly our sex life is great So you've never suffered what I've suffered, which Mm -hmm. is the feeling of being left, feeling betrayed, and having to do this again. Because often the party that went outside the marriage is in a different place emotionally about that experience. They've often moved on. They're not as hurt. And so they don't feel as much vulnerability about 
recreating a sex life in the marriage as the person who was injured feels. Yeah. A lot of comparison that seems to be going back and forth of comparing the injuries for the injured parties, the injury of the affair itself for the person who had the affair, their injury may have come before the affair. That's right. You know, that yeah. is so right, Adam, that a person who has an affair is not necessarily the bad party. Yeah. The person who's hurting one party because they have often been hurt in the marriage or in the relationship prior to that, they sometimes see the affair as the only way out. Yeah. Uh, so it isn't necessarily that they are the one who is hurting. They're often the one who has also been hurt. That's right. I mean, I think about classically the woman who feels, you know, my partner never talked to me. Mm. And then this man engaged me and was interested in me and started talking to me. And yes, I slept with him and my partner is outraged. But the reality is, is he's been ignoring me and been cool to me for many, many, many years. And this just felt like something that I was starved for. So she felt injured first. And likewise, maybe the stereotypical male who says, you know, my partner has withheld sex for five years and we have literally not had sex for five years. And yes, I cheated, but I'm a sexual being. I have to have sex. And she indicated she wasn't interested. I mean, he's been hurt as well. Laura, that seems so difficult to kind of move on from that. And I'm wondering if we come back from break, we can explore that a little bit more. Good. Let's do that. That's good. So this is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. We'll be right back. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible Welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. Today we're talking about affairs and how do couples come back into the bedroom and have a renewed sex life. And Adam, you are going to talk about a couple that you've seen. Could you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so they are pretty standard. They've been married for 10 plus years have had a lot of good times in their relationship. But then, man, we can call him John, began having an affair about two years ago. John Doe. John Doe, (laughs) married to Jane Doe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Completely anonymous. And they came in because the wife had discovered the affair. And I do want to say one thing about Mm -hmm. anonymity. You know, sometimes my patients say, you know, we never want to show up on your podcast or or in one of your books or on one of your blogs. And we definitely don't do that. I mean, we always mask... 
identity and our patients are not going to show up here. So. Yeah, well, and they very literally could be the story of 30 different patients over the last year who have a very, very similar story. Right. And There and, are, unfortunately, so many commonalities yes. in terms of how this goes. Yeah, and so pretty typically, Jane discovers the affair happening and insists on coming to therapy. Okay. And so... Partly, we worked through some of the issues that we talked about in the beginning and the first half about the questions that she had. She had a lot of questions, and now they're beginning to move into a period. She's been real resistant to uh, re-engage their sexual relationships. She's been one of mm-hmm. those that have held that part back. And now she's starting to get ready to be able to do that. But she's very fearful of Good. it. And so... Good. That's the part where we're saying, okay, how do we begin to kind of do that in a good way for them that honestly makes sex for them better than it ever has been for them in their 10 plus year relationship? An affair is a sexual intervention. Yeah. Even if the affair is not centered around sexual needs in the beginning, it is a sexual intervention for the couple as they re-engage with each other. I think yeah. you're right. Was I have a couple questions. Sure. Was their sex life something that was robust or had it been anemic at that point? Well, I think it was at least robust enough that she began to notice a difference once the affair began. And she hypothesized somewhat throughout those couple years that there was something going on, but there was other stressors in the relationship that had been introduced that were distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in her mind, there weren't red flags going off, but she did notice a decline. Both of them are very in touch with their sexuality and their desire. And so before, obviously, there was a little bit of a decline leading up to it. Some of the personal stressors were introduced before the affair began, which is part of what he claims is the reason that the affair started was because there was a bit of neglect on her part to mm-hmm. him and to their relationship. Not necessarily sexual neglect, but right. other issues that were happening. Yes, yes. And then she notices the decline in his interest and perhaps his initiation, which it turns out a lot of good people have yeah. affairs. And a lot of people who consider themselves monogamous have affairs. Yeah. Uh, they find themselves there. And then they're not necessarily as sexual with their partner because they see themselves as monogamous. Yeah, And they can right. only be having sex with one person at a time. That's right. And so it is a flag and... It doesn't always mean that, but sometimes it can. So now she wants to re-engage. I think the first thing I think about in bringing a couple back together is I know sexual intimacy is a must in terms of recovery. Mm. I mean, they have to have that or they won't have that melting trust back again. I think couples think, or at least the injured party believes, that vigilance Mm. is what will ensure trust. If I just keep watch enough... If I know the signs, if I, you know, am aware of when there's a breach between us, that will give me a sense of security. But really, it's about emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy Hmm. and that coming back strong in the relationship that does renew trust. Yeah. I like the idea of the melting idea Mm -hmm. there that it begins to almost like a thawing begins to happen because the emotional and the physical intimacy begin to be reintroduced. Do you see that as a slow process or a fast process or is everybody just different? I think everybody's different. I mean, like we said, some people sex after the affair is hotter than they've ever had it. And Mm -hmm. then others it's like are so fearful about reengaging that it can be slow. Okay. I think one thing I might suggest to the couple that 
is slowly thawing yeah. is maybe designing a sort of a reengagement trip, mm. some place that they're away from the markers that remind them an affair. And I will say that after an affair, there are so many markers and triggers. It's sort of like when you're trying to get pregnant, every woman that you see from, you know, oh, the, yeah. the woman getting on the elevator to your best friend, to your coworker, they're all pregnant. And when you're recovering from an affair, every politician has an affair. Mm. All your friends have affairs. You see it on every television show. It's hard to get away from triggers. And you also um, see everything that reminds you of your partner's affair. Right. And even that. an engage, re-engagement trip of going away to a nice place or a hotel can say, well, this, you know, you did that with your part, you know, your mm. affair partner. You went to hotels or, I mean, that can be a trigger in and of itself. But if you could go back, say to a place that you've been together mm. that was romantic, where you were emotionally connected to each other and sexually attracted to each other and connected, that might be a safe place. Yeah. You know, to Some place that's try. just yours and right. yours alone. Right, yeah. exactly. And maybe set aside some time saying, we're going to be sexual again, and we need to give ourselves space for that mm. um, to process both how it feels again, to process what will come next, uh, because I think sometimes in early sex after an affair, the injured party can feel very emotional about it. Yeah. And if you're at home with the kids and you have sex with your partner after their affair and you spend the next two hours crying your eyes out because it touches you and it's hard and, you know, maybe it's poignant. You know, maybe it's the both and it for what's been missing between you and the fear of what they had with someone else, all of that needs yeah. to be processed. So it sounds trip like, away. It sounds like that in that what you're describing, even in the trip away, creates a lot of emotional safety for the injured party as well, which is really important. Yeah, I think so. I think another thing that I would suggest before they do this, especially if they're moving slowly, is to write down both of their fears about what reengagement will be like. You know, these things just fly around in our heads. And it can almost become obsessional, especially for the injured party of this is what I think my partner is going to be thinking. And I say, get it down on paper. At least it will stick. Hmm. It will stick for for a moment there instead of just in your own head, rolling around and around and around. Let's put it down, talk about it, and have some place as a cutoff. Okay, we're going to leave that aside for now. We know that that's there, but you're going to try to leave it on the paper and have some re-engagement with your partner about this now that's fresh from that. Yeah, that's excellent. I also think that the person who had the affair needs to prepare for an emotional reaction from their partner and have some skills, and this is, I think, what we provide in therapy, right, Adam? Some skills to contain and comfort that person Mm -hmm. because it can trigger their guilt, especially if they're really done with the affair and they have a lot of remorse seeing how hurt their partner is, especially after they've just been sexually vulnerable, they may not know what to do. Yeah, They may not have expected it. It's like, wow, that was really hot sex, and suddenly you dissolved into tears, or mm-hmm. you got angry and threw something across the room, and I, I have no idea why. I mean, after this great sex, and it, I felt like we were connecting. So preparing them for that, and then what to do, which, yeah. I mean, what do you say to couples in terms of how to contain each other in these hot moments. I think partly we talk about a lot of expecting the unexpected, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what I hear you saying as well, is to know that it is going to be deeply emotional and that their job as 
the person that's had the affair is simply to comfort the other person in whatever way they need to be comforted. And so it may be understanding what that might look like for the injured partner. What do they need when they get emotional, when they get angry, especially right after sex, expecting that that might happen. But then how can the person that had the affair comfort their partner in that moment? Yeah. And I say, you know, you can't say, I'm sorry, I hurt you enough. That's right. You know, just offering empathically without necessarily drowning in guilt Mm -hmm. or wishing that your partner had moved on faster and was through this already, but just saying, obviously, you're hurting again. I'm really sorry. Can I hold you? Can I give you a hug? Mm -hmm. I am here now. I do want to be with you. That kind of verbal reassurance is really healing. It's like a bomb after the injury and can't be said enough. And I know that sometimes recovery is extensive and the injured party does get obsessive, but and that needs therapy. Yeah. But I, you know, for most everybody, just saying that over and over again, it kind of sinks into their partner eventually. Yeah, and tolerating that discomfort of having to do that repetition oh, over and over again. You are just so right. That. You are so right, and the anxiety that it brings up in the party that strayed, you know, are yeah. the guilt. Well, and the, tolerating the, that the feeling of is this ever going to end? Is it ever mm-hmm. going to be repaired? That's what I hear a lot of the person that had the affair. I just want things to go back to normal. Yeah. Well, what we're trying to do, it seems, is to create a new normal in which sex is better, the relationship is better, but that's going to take time and take a lot of patience as they go. You're right. All of this takes patience to heal after an affair and also to have the sexual life be better than it was so that it's a rejuvenating and a binding part of the relationship that helps them. A new chapter, so to speak. A new chapter, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Matthews, for joining us. I really appreciate it. You brought it. it. Lots of things to us today. And I think I would say my tip of the day is just that... Intimacy after an affair is complicated. Give yourselves some time and some grace. Thank you for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.